When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Just let me know when uh, Mr. Colley is ready to go and we'll get it cooking. Yeah, we, uh, he and Tevin are troubleshooting a little uh, problems for StreamYard. He's getting into the room here any moment, so we'll bring him on when he does come on. But for the time being, we're just going to hang out and shoot the breeze. Party. We're going to schmooze. Yeah. Let's badmouth him until he's actually on because we nope. won't be able to if he can hear us. Nope, I'm not, I'm not doing that. No, I bet he punches so hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at his picture. It kind of looks like it. Is he from the area? Is he from St. Paul or is he just fighting there? Uh, he's Yeah, he's from, uh, I believe, Minneapolis. Oh, he's from Minneapolis. Okay. Uh, yeah, so just did, did we get it worked out, Devin? Uh, yeah, I'm sending him it again to hopefully get this all sorted out but he should be on in just a second well if he's from minneapolis he can just run over to the studio yeah come on <laughs> probably come on, on his like morning rocky jog he's got the you know yeah, he's, on by. he's in a meat locker <laughs> punching sides of beef yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> tenderizing rocky dinner did, for the right? night <laughs> that's what rocky did i believe in was it rocky two or rocky one there was one of them i know that rocky was a damn good movie looking at it uh, no question about that but uh, Sona, our guest to be on just a couple of seconds from now, hopefully, is a boxer and musical artist. For, oh, he's a musical artist, too, from Minnesota, coming off his latest victory in the ring against Nico Ali Walsh, grandson of Muhammad Ali. Sona has proved that uh, the spotlight is never too big as he takes his 8-1 and one record up against Trey Martin on December 9th, just two days from now. Sona enters uh, the ring laser-focused on victory. It's going to be interesting to talk to him about where it is that he did grow up, how he got into I mean, Obviously, the man's worked his ass off. You look at, he's standing in the ring, so he's just got his bo- boxing uh, shorts on. Yeah. And you can tell the fellow's in pretty good shape, I'd say. No, oh my God. What do that, you think? That's a, that's a guy where it's like you bump into him and you apologize, even if it wasn't your fault. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> even if he bumps into you. Exactly. Oh, I'm sorry that you bumped into me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry that you're bad at walking. Or wait, yeah. I'm the one who wanted to fight a cougar, and I still don't uh, want to fight right. Sona. I was going to say, he, he looks like he actually might be able to fight a cougar. <laughs> yeah, he could. I think yeah. you're absolutely right about that. Nothing yet? Not not quite yet, unfortunately. Okay, we did well. We can because we got a guest, the guest coming up uh, at forty as well. Yeah, we can just wait him out as long as long yeah. as uh, long as it takes. So it's just a, a bad connection. Is that all it is? Um, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like he's having some issues accessing like the actual invites. So yeah, there's something wrong with his email. So I sent him the link another way. It looks like he's got it open and should be hopefully logging on right now. Beautiful. Otherwise, okay. I'm gonna when, when he does get on. The first thing I'm gonna say is, you know, I hate to tell you this up front, uh, Sona, but uh, one of the people on the show said the reason you're late is because you've been hitting the head so many times. And I tried to argue with What him. is wrong with you? You are chaos today. You are He's going to some... jump through the screen and strangle us. Yeah, we, you exactly. are pure chaos. I am not chaos. I'm even keel as can be. You like want to Just pointing out the obvious. You want to get us all shook up. Oh, I'm all shook well, up. Uh, yeah, we got... That's unfortunate. Okay, why don't we do this? Yeah, and then we'll we'll just go through it because uh, you know even if he jumps on, he can he can jump in as well. Yeah. When you're growing up, it's easy to think that everything your family does is normal. So when you go to a f- friend's house, you might uh, be in for a bit of a shock. That's interesting because I've mentioned to you guys many times that when I went to someone else's house, 
that wasn't Catholic, like say they were Jewish or black or whatever, I paid attention to the house rules. Yeah. And I guess most children didn't do that. I don't know why I learned that, maybe trying to fit in or whatever the hell it was, but I always paid attention to what their rules were and went with that. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do, do people do that or do they, they still not do that? Uh, I think it's one of those things where you just, just because you notice it doesn't mean you're not going to follow it. But there are times that, like, that stick out in your mind where you're like, this is a weird rule or this is like different yeah. than my house. I still remember a vivid time where I had a string cheese that was, you know, like that smoked cream or string cheese. Sure. Yep. And I thought that was the, why would anyone want to eat smoke? I remember like them handing me a cr- string cheese and I had to like pretend to eat it. And I was like, this is terrible. Like I love my mom so much more than I have ever in my life. Well, your mother's terrific and wonderful and far too good for you. I should point out. I couldn't agree more. And she's coming home tomorrow. Oh, is she really coming yeah. home for Christmas? Yeah, Beverly, she's going to stay f- until New Year's Day. So I'm very excited. No, nah, that'd be wonderful. Tell her I said hello. I won't. I'm sick of your guys' friendship. I won't because you like my mother. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's great advice. No they've question. gotten a little too close is what you're saying. It's a problem. It's a problem. I don't like how they've been <laughs> scheming against me. That's a possibility. People on social media are talking about the bizarre house rules they experienced when staying at someone's, uh, someone else's home when they were a kid. Uh, someone said that they had to take a bath at a friend's house. No, sorry, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Uh, wait, t- they had to take a that What? Exactly. No, call the they authorities. Had- yeah. Immediately. <laughs> no. well, I like it. Uh, yeah, they had to take a bath at a friend's house um, where they reused the bath water. They reuse the bath water. Okay. No. no. Okay. No, no, no. Every, every, this is getting worse by the second. <laughs> yeah. No. See, mm-hmm. I'd fit right in by going, oh, you know what? I forgot something at my house. I'll be right back. Yeah. I no, got to gotta go grab something and then dead sprint to my house. <laughs> by the way, they did that to conserve money or water. There were five kids. So six kids took a bath in the same water. Yeah, <laughs> I think AJ's gonna vomit. That's just disgusting. How much are you it's praying disgusting. your kid water to? Like, oh God, yes. Uh, the person said they used the water they had already been used once or more, and they're still bothered by it. Yeah, once or more, like five times more. Number two, the internet had to be off by 8 p.m. because all the good websites shut off, and the only websites left were bad and naughty. How did they come up with that argument? I meant that was a lie that went rogue. Like. It's like when you yeah. tell your kid the park is closed. Oh, I'd love to go to the park, but it's closed today. Uh-oh. Tom. Okay. I love okay. 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 Hey. <laughs> what up? What up? What up? What's going on? Am I on? Yeah, yeah. you're on. You're on. All right, good. Good sure stuff. What's going on, on you guys? Uh, I just basically, we were, we were discussing the situation. No, first of all, you grew up in Minneapolis? Yep, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, originally from Cameroon, Africa. Okay, and where in where in Minneapolis did you grow up? Um, I was over there on Glenwood Linden. Well, I I grew up in St. Paul, but oh, I was okay. going to school. I was, my dad was boss of Glenwood Lindell Community Center. I was oh, yeah. born. Yeah, so uh, Glenwood Lindell's Community Center was um connected to KMOJ back at the time, yep. and my dad was boss of the Glenwood Lindell Community Center. So I was always in on um, Glenwood and Lindale in Minneapolis, you know. So right after school in St. Paul, I would ride the bus to Glenwood Lindale and be at the community center all day. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. So I, I had I, I, Minnesota knows me. I, I'm I'm all around Minnesota. Well, you and I went through the same childhood then because well, you, yours would sound like the teen or the early twenty years, but that's where I grew up. So that's why I asked you because I to this day love that neighborhood and I always will. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember the Glenwood Lindale Community Center? I do absolutely. Okay, yeah. You remember a guy? You know a guy named Christian Akale? Yes, that's your father. That's my dad. Oh my God! Now I now I know who. That's why. (laughs) You know what's interesting about that is I could pronounce your last name correctly because of him. But I yo yo yo. I heard it. I was like, I thought Tev just told you. I was like, what? That's wild. Yeah. See, oh, God bless you. we connected, God bless you. man. It's wonderful. Well, you know, all tough guys are connected. Ah, that's, a, <laughs> that's a fact. That's a fact. Great minds, man. Great minds. So how'd you get in the business? Okay. So 
Man, I was I've always been a fighter. I've always been a, a guy that was fighting. Um, I was always in the gym. Um, I was always uh, working with other pros as well, you know, getting them ready for their fights. I was always sparring with them, getting ready for their uh, uh, fights in camp. And I'd be their main sparring partners. Um, I started with um, a guy named Ishmael Mwendo. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he's from Uganda, but he was a, uh, he was a, by the time I started working with him, he was working with Scott Tolzman and he was 15 and 0. Ooh. And and this is a guy that had sparred, you know, that was Terrence Crawford's main sparring partner in his camps. And we we all know Terrence Crawford. That's the biggest man in boxing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's one of the they, they try to say he's the greatest of all time. You know, so I was getting ready. Uh, I was sparring with Ishmael, getting ready for his pre camps to go uh, work with Terrence Crawford. Then I went from there. And um, one day uh, his manager and coach Scott Tolzman was like, hey, man, uh, it was one day we were done sparring. And he was like, man, he was like, man, you got a professional style. What you what, what do you think about, uh, you know, um, trying out a professional fight? I was like, ah, yeah, yeah, cool. You know, I don't mind. He showed me the check. Then I was like, OK, let's do it. Okay. You know, and that, that first one. Yeah, yeah, you already know that. I was like, oh, I seen it. I was like, oh, yeah, I do. it." And then my first fight was at the myth and it was under um, Phil the Drills undercard. And um, yeah, it was a pack house, great event. I ended up stopping the guy, you know what I mean? In the mm -hmm. second second or third round, I ended up stopping him. And then um, right after that, man, the rest is history. Um, I got with Q Promotions. He was actually there at the fight. And um, he goes to uh, Element Gym. Element's my home gym. After that, uh, uh, yeah, the rest is history. We, we started working. I was working, I'm working in the gym every day, full-time boxer. Um, uh, uh, my my uh, most recent iconic fight, of course, is the win against Muhammad Ali's grandson, yeah, um, undefeated prospect Nico Ali Walsh, and then uh, yeah, that that that's what we were waiting for. We were waiting for that opportunity. I took it and uh, made the best of it. And yeah. um, yep, Sona, now we fight. Now we here again, and we fight at on December 9th. Sona, what was yes, that? Indeed. What was that like? Because that fight was on ESPN. You know, yep. so you're spotlight worldwide. shining bright. Yeah, worldwide fight. You got obviously, yeah. you know, boxing immortality, arguably the greatest boxer to ever put on some gloves in Muhammad Ali. And then now you're his grandson. So there's more excitement around it, that. What was it like getting ready for that fight and then, you know, stepping into the ring on, on the big day? Man, to be honest with you, getting ready for the fight, the camp was it was a good camp, man. I mean, it was a it was an easier camp. They were just kind of easy on me because I only had three weeks to get ready. And I didn't have to cut weight because I had to move up weight classes to fight him. Mm -hmm. But it was such a big opportunity that, you know, no boxer is going to pass that up. You know what I mean? Because it's such a big opportunity. He's a big name. He, he uh, Tulsa City, Oklahoma, Hard Rock Casino Resort, live, you know, tons of, tons of, you know, uh, tons of stars there. Even Flavor Flav was up in there. I got to hear. Oh, <laughs> oh my yeah. god! <laughs> yeah, Gosh. Flavor Flav was up in there. He was, uh, he was Flavor Flav. <laughs> he was doing it all. I was like, damn, Flavor Flav was really like he is on TV in real life. This guy's a real character, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, I was able to uh, 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 pull off the upset. The betting odds against me in Vegas were a hundred. If you bet a hundred on me, you win sixteen hundred. Ooh. On 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 DraftKings, it was you bet a hundred on me, you win twelve hundred. That's how low the odds was that I was gonna win. Yeah, man. Wow. So after you already know when I, as soon as I got to the um, you know, because it's a big campus. So after the fight, you know, I'm I'm walking around and I'm meeting everybody, and uh, man, all I everybody was getting me just drunk. They were like, "You want me so much money? What do you drink? What do you get?" <laughs> I was lit. I don't even remember that night, man. That my that night was crazy. <laughs> That day was crazy, yeah. But uh, it was definitely something special, man. Definitely. God, did you? Did you? I mean, you're too young to have followed it uh, in time. But have you studied Muhammad Ali in your life? Oh yeah, you know that. Yeah, I knew that. You know that. Everybody <laughs> studied Muhammad, man. You know what I mean? It, and that's that was that was the iconic thing about it because he's such a pop polarizing character and figure. You know, I mean, Will Smith actually. You know, you type it. You know. Yeah. This, yep. There's nothing that be Muhammad Ali, you know that. So anything connected with his name, you gotta be in, in boxing. You gotta be a part of, and that's that's probably why we're here today, you know. So, 
Yeah, it could be. Well, I'll tell you, one of the greatest lines ever delivered. By the way, I, I wanted to mention before I st- quote him, he not only was a phenomenal athlete, he was brilliant. Huh. He was a very yes. smart man. Yes, bro. He he was so quick with it. I, I, man, he, they never tested. I don't know if they tested his IQ, but that man was definitely something def- different, something special. You know what I mean? Every time we see him, we always know Muhammad Ali comes off the top with the best. He could have been a rapper. I don't know. I, <laughs> the guy crazy. is talented. I swear. He's quick with it as well, man. I actually was lucky enough to record uh, record a song because I used to do an impression of Muhammad Ali all the time. And there's a song. Oh, yeah, yeah. The world. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Don't be shy. Let me ask you a question. I got to ask you one question. So, <laughs> I was on a, on a Dick Cavett show and he said to me, he said, oh, wow. He broke my, I broke my jaw. And I said, Dick Cavett says to me, um, you know, if he had hit me that hard, he'd have knocked me out. And I said back to him, if he'd hit you that hard, your beneficiaries would still be collected. <laughs> yo, yo, I did not expect that shit. Yo, that's good. I that's love good. It. I love they it. They should have casted you instead of Will Smith. With the <laughs> <laughs> that's good. He looks that was good. Well, thank you. That's very nice of you to say. But I, Damn, that's good. I did not it's expect that. He turned boxing, and there were great boxers before him, no question about it, but he changed boxing forever, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, you know that, man. I mean, his his care, he really brought the marketing to it. You know what I mean? He really yeah. brought the, you know, the, the, the aspect of entertainment, you know, to this whole boxing thing. I think he, yeah, he's one of those pioneers of that. And and he's the one who started it, and now people are still, they, even when guys get into boxing and don't know Muhammad Ali as well, the, the, mm-hmm. them trying to sell the fight and make joy and do that that's all from muhammad ali they don't even know where it stems from he created a whole uh, uh trend in boxing that still lasts to this day so anybody that changes the sport um and then everybody has to mimic the same blueprint because it was so successful yeah they probably wanted to go now i have to ask you a question because i think and this is a reference back to your father uh channel two did a special on highway 55 from glenwood all the way to penn avenue and they went to all the play like the summit house and all that stuff that's over there yeah wasn't, wasn't your didn't your father appear in that show yeah um my, my father was on two shows actually he was on remember yeah. kmoj 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 was connected to um glenwood community center and mm-hmm. so he had on thursdays he had the african panorama show where he yep. was every thursday he would talk about um just things in africa you know what i mean Right. And then, and then he was also on. Yeah, he was on a lot of shows though. He was on a lot of different things, you know. Like every little, you know, uh, there's a lot of com- community organized events that go on at Glenwood Lindale Community Center, and sometimes they'd be publicized or they would be uh, broadcasted. And then he would always be. They would always be asking him questions. I would always be there. They would ask him questions, and he would, you know, answer accordingly um, to uh, Glenwood Lindale Community Center. You know, it's interesting, son, is that I'm finding out on this show that I know everybody in the world. I didn't even know that. Oh yeah, I know your cousin. I know this. I know your father. Yeah, yeah. I know everybody. I didn't even know I didn't even know I knew everybody. But I guess you you know everybody, man. You even know how to talk like Muhammad Ali. I I mean if you literally call his one of his daughters or something like that, they're gonna break down in tears like yo a ghost called me for real. (laughs) When I heard it I I was waiting I'm like oh okay. Let's hear. Let's hear how close it sounds. I'm like, and then I start here. I'm like, damn, this is a real interview. This is a real, you know what I mean? That sounds just like Muhammad Ali in the interview. That's that song, it. King of the World, that I did with Ricky, uh, was a bestseller around the world. It's you can, matter of fact, you could probably bring it up, AJ. It's it's available everywhere. It did very very well. It's about maybe he was still alive when I did it. I know that. Oh but, really? He was a great Muhammad Ali was a huge inspiration to me because I grew up in North Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. He's a guy tough but smart. And I went, wait, yeah. a minute, wait a minute, this is a combination of tough me. and smart. Yeah, 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 yeah. You would think to be yes, you would think like mo- most people are like, oh, tough guy, Uga Uga. He's in it. This is that. No, but it's like when you hear Muhammad Ali, you get you get toughness you get elegance you get you get confidence you get everything rolled into one so i think people thought that that was captivating because it it showed that you could be both i mean he was the first person that that that, that really like showed me like you can be an intellectual and 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 smart and still be funny and still be tough and still be that you know what i mean beat guys up man it's crazy yeah 
He definitely one of the pioneers of that as well. I mean, what didn't he pioneer when it comes to this boxing thing, for real? That's very true. Tevin, I did not even know that you were a boxing fan. I'm not really a boxing fan, but I am a <laughs> I'm a Sona fan. And so I worked at the House of Comedy and Sona yeah. was one of our shockingly enough door guy security types that were yeah, at, yeah, yeah. at the club. And one day I pulled up my Instagram and I see him, you know, about to fight somebody. And so I started following uh-huh. boxing a little bit. And then obviously he had his his big fight against uh, Ali, Nico Walsh there. And uh, yeah, was loving it. Uh-huh. So yeah, I'm, I'm a Yo, Sona fan. You already know. But apparently Good you don't stuff. wear shirts in interviews no more. I got to get Oh, no, no, no. We're done with that. I'm, I'm cutting weight now. I, I'm interviewing, doing a lot of media, doing a lot of media. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I gave up on them. Yeah, thanks a lot, Sona. Uh, look, I like fucking, let's right. do it. I appreciate you know? it. It's, it is annoying that you are popping on our screen uh, on my five-year anniversary. So I'm going to yeah. have to uh, have to just say... You're a very, you look, you look you're a fine looking gentleman, sir. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I try, you know, I work hard. I work hard for yeah, this, you guys. I can Come tell. Yeah. Brittany was about to pass out when this was so. <laughs> if you want, like, I'll take my shirt off and even it out. I was saying, Go ahead. Everybody, everybody should do the podcast with their shirts off. All yeah, right, game on. Yeah. Okay, Brittany yeah. goes first. Yeah, I'm, de- I'm, in, I'm down. That's, is that the kind of call we're having? Uh, All right. Get, tell Justin I'm going to be late for dinner. So one of the great things for me today, experiences, you know, finding out that, yeah, I, I, and probably you asked your father, hey, I was on with Tom Bernard today. You go, who? He might not even know who I am, but I've, I've you know, known him for a long time. But, you know, he got a good memory of people. Yeah, no, he does. He does. Yeah. Really does. But it's just to talk about the Muhammad Ali era, which I was I was way over the top watching him. Uh, I love boxing. Been a lot of great boxers came. I don't know that people understand how many really good to great boxers came out of Minnesota. A lot of them did. Yeah, a lot of them did, man. I've been sparred with some. So, you know, Jamal James. I was yeah. a, I was his main sparring partner in his last camp, along with B. Sean Owens. So I was sparring them both at the same time, getting them ready for their fights at the Armory. And that's a former world champ. Then I was Caleb Turek's main sparring partner for one of his fights. He's mm-hmm. a former world champ. And then, um, you know, also Leo Modell, another undefeated fighter from Minnesota. Also good. He's going to be fighting on the card December 9th. We also got Bishan Owens. He's ranked like number seven in the world at, uh, at 140. At 140, I'm also his sparring partner, you know. So, yeah, man, we got a lot of uh, talent coming out the cities. No doubt about it. Did you track it down, AJ? Yeah, I think I've got it right here. I just want to play a little I'm bit. I'm a bad year. man. I'm the king of the world. That's I'm Tommy. Pretty. I'm pretty. Wait. This is... That's me. That you was you? That? Oh, that's you? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I wrote all oh, those lyrics. That's, that's wild. That's so good. Where's that? That's that's on that's on YouTube. Um, I found that on audioboom.com. Oh my gosh! Oh wow, that's you didn't dope. Know that, bag, was, man. that song was a hit. Hell no, I didn't know that was. You could have told me that was actually Muhammad Ali that they got on the track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah, it showed it. Cause you know Muhammad Ali had a song. Yeah. Oh yeah, he did. Yes, absolutely. I thought that was it. I thought oh they playing the Muhammad right. Ali song. Yeah, here's here's no, the beginning of it one more time where there's a little more talking. Okay. Yeah, hold on a sec. Here, uh... mm. I'm a That's bad wow. man, the king of the world. That's I'm Tommy. Pretty, I'm pretty. That's an that impeccable inc- impression. That though. is incredible. That is wow. Wild. That's good, man. Well, even that's as, good. Even as a honky, I thought I was Muhammad Ali when I was a little kid. Bro, you did your thing, man. Hey, that's how captivating he was. He can he make was. anybody believe. You know what I mean? That's yep. how captivating he was, man. I don't blame you, but that was good. That's a good impression, bro. I thought that was the song. You know, Muhammad Ali actually has a song. Yeah, right, he does. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so when I heard, I'm like, oh, okay, they're playing the song. But that's you. That is me. Damn. No doubt. Man, they're going to get you, man. You better be careful. AI, AI is going to grab you for voiceovers. <laughs> they're going to grab you for voiceovers, man. No. And then they go, and then Ali, Muhammad Ali's family is going to try to sue you. So you got to be careful. Get your lawyers ready. Get everybody ready. Yeah, I don't need that. No doubt about it. <laughs> Next time you got to come in studio, Sona. All right. Yeah, but with a shirt. Oh, definitely. With you know shirt. that. You know that. Just let me know. I'll be there. Come let as me know. you are, Sona. You show up any way you'd like to the studio. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. No shirt on. 
That's mandatory. If you show up with no tarps on, I'm going no tarps yeah. on. <laughs> Justin will probably also be here just to keep an eye on Brittany. But... Yeah, just so we can also see Soda. <laughs> you made Good our stuff, day. Wow. You made our day, and please do come back soon, sir. Good luck. Always, always. Day. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you guys, man. December 9th. December 9th, Element. Come through. You guys come out. It'll be lovely to see you guys there in person. And then, you know, let's get this fight on. Let's get this win. Works for me. Come back soon, Pally. Let's do it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. December 9th at Element Boxing in St. Paul. God, what a nice man. How long have you known him, Tevin? Um, probably close to nine years now, kind of from oh, a really? distance. Yeah, that from a was... distance. But yeah, I saw he had a fight coming up. I was like, oh, you want to promote it? And I did not expect shirtless. I, that was, Sana. that, if I wasn't awake, that woke me up. When he popped on the screen, I was like, yeah. this is the finest man I've ever seen in my life. Just casually shirtless on our stream yard right now. <laughs> what? What? So you thought he was in pretty good shape? Is that what you're saying? I think he uh, may have uh, lifted a weight or two in his day. Yeah. <laughs> All I know is that Judd, Phil, and Chris Eggert got to step up their game. They next really, time. they really do. Yeah. And I'm not like yeah, a, ah, but it was just so handsome and so, and he was positive and lovely, like. <laughs> uh, it all works out in the end. Deep breath. Um. I got to say one more thing about King of the World. There's part one and part two, by the way. Mm -hmm. And when Ricky went on the world tour to, you know, talk about the song and all the rest of it, he was in, he went to Japan because it was a big, a big hit in Japan, I guess. So he's over there doing interviews in Japan. And he said, he, so I'm interviewing him on the queue. And I said, so how's it going? He goes, oh, things are going great. He said, I embarrassed myself and I didn't mean to. I said, what do you mean? He said, and I wouldn't tell the story, but he already said it on the air. So it's been out there for years and years because <laughs> he didn't mean anything by it. It was just, he was tired. He said, I just landed. I was tired as hell. What, the flight from Minneapolis to Japan's, what is that, about 14 hours or something? I, I'm sure it's Last time insane. I flew, yeah, about that. Yeah, was that that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> about 14 hours last time he went to Japan. Yep. He sits down and the interview's in English, obviously, because he doesn't know how to speak Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> He sits down, the first question is, how do you find Japan? In other words, how do you like Japan? And he said, well, I really like it. I got to be honest, though. I, I kind of surprised by the weather because I got off the plane and there was a little nip in the air. And as soon as he said it, because Nippon, remember, they shortened that to nip during World War II. It was a very mm. derogatory thing to say to Japanese people. Oh. I didn't know that. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I didn't mean that because people say there's a nip in the air here all the time. Oh, yeah. 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 Poor guy. Poor guy. That's, That's a, a rough one. Yeah. It's hard to go come from a nip back from an interview when that happens. I'll just <laughs> no show question. myself out kind of vibe. No question about it. I see. I've, you know what? I've had so much fun this morning talking to all these great guests. You had a lot of great guests this morning, no doubt about that and more to come, but did we do our break already? Do we have to go to break and then bring in Amy? Uh, we'll break and then uh, bring Amy yeah. in. I see. I get so distracted just by. You can always tell when I don't know what the hell's going on. I just had a really good time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think Sona's abs has us all a little oh. distracted. Oh, am here am we I go. right? All right. Let me show you. All yeah, right. Fine. Okay. I'm going to the gym immediately after the Same. show. So I hope that he's there. I'm going to go cry in the dark. Same. We will be right back. Amy Seaman will join us right after this. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. Uh-oh, there's trouble. There's two trouble. <laughs> yeah, a lot of there's trouble. I suddenly trouble. feel very overdressed for this after what I walked into. <laughs> yeah, I kind of noticed that myself. <laughs> Amy Seaman with us, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Galfan joins us, of course. Uh, also, Andy jumps in for that third hour. So let's talk about the 12 moms of Christmas. How's it going? It's going amazing. And this is going to be quite the vibe shift here from <laughs> all the laughter. Um, 
No, it's going amazing. And I, I'm excited to be back and share some really incredible updates since I was on last. So one being uh, Shields, which is a community staple store. They have a little something for everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. After the show, um, in the past, they've always donated to my two cars. And there was um, a change in my point of contact. And I reached out. And they decided this year they're going to do a $1,000 gift card for all 12 moms. Wow. wow. I was in the middle of the mall shopping, and I stopped out of my tracks, and I just started bawling. And people are walking by, and I'm like, I don't care. They're happy tears. They're happy tears. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> if you see me out and about right now, I look very deranged. But um, that think about it. It's not just the amount of money it's the fact that like they that empowerment that these women are going to feel to be able to take their kids shopping yeah right mm -hmm. like just that gift yeah. of being able to yeah. give that to their kids and feel like they have that control um that's pretty incredible so that was huge um another big update so financially i have raised over seven thousand dollars and that is just in cash that i get to give my moms because I've raised so much, I've collected so many donations wow. and toys and gifts and goods that I get to give them. I'm giving them each $3,000 and then I'm sharing some with um, some of the other influencers who haven't quite raised as much just because all these moms mm -hmm. need, there's never mm -hmm. enough money, right? There's never enough money for what they need. And so I'm sharing it, but that's like three months of rent for yeah, these that's, moms. That's insane. Oh, yeah. yep. And then to not also have to buy any Christmas gifts and to have some extra money to go shopping, to have some gas gift cards, like that can be the thing that really changes their course going mm. into the new year. Yeah, no question about it. Gelfand, you know more about Christmas than they. Oh, wait a minute. What are you, what are you insinuating? <laughs> <laughs> Happy Hanukkah, Mikey. It's That's Hanukkah. right, it's Hanukkah. Yeah, I'm going to, uh, I'm not going to light the candles this year because typically my cat tries to set the house on fire. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and you know the, the, these classic menorahs that I know that my parents had, they mm -hmm. uh, you know they were they they were just they were plain. Now, today you know you've got neon lights and all this stuff, but the the thing about the the classic Hanukkah menorahs was that the candles that you'd get these bright candles. I don't know where you'd get them, but you'd get them, and they would never fit. So they always would they get to like half burned and then they just fall out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So I don't know. I think it's a I think it's an anti Semitic plot. Oh, it's a plot against the Jews. Yeah, I think so, yeah. They're sabotaging their candles. Yeah, yeah the crappy menorah my... people are plotting already. Well, <laughs> you can't trust them. Mm -mm. It is, ladies and gentlemen, Hanukkah, Christmas coming up, Kwanzaa coming up. So do you think and I'm asking everybody on the show, but particularly Andy, Amy, and Gail fan, um, do you think the people can be happy in December now? They've been so damn crabby now for about two straight years. Can can we, it's the holiday season for almost everybody. Can we be in a better mood? What do you think? Well, uh, the only thing I'd say about it is that uh, the holiday season can be, can be wonderful for some people, but it can mm -hmm. be really terrible for others because, yeah. you know, yeah. if, if they don't have much going on and they're yeah. lonely and maybe, you know, like I, like I know I know three people who lost loved ones about exactly a year ago. Right. Or in one yeah. case, a yeah. couple of weeks ago, I, you know, and so it just kind of compounds the grief, I think. So if, sure. if you don't, you know, but but I think as, as time goes on, people get into the holiday spirit anyway. So I, I think I think mostly there's things to do, you know, and, and if you're lucky, you've got family around. So I I think I think most people are going to be happier. But, you know, you can kind of see the other way too. Uh, uh, talk about the mothers who can't mm -hmm. take their kids shopping, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I, I guess yep. I guess it, you know, my own conclusion was I, I, I think you just have to try to be a little more charitable. Mm -hmm. I think there's also this pressure of like, I should be happy during this yeah. time, yeah. you know? And then I think that also adds on to some mental health issues or just the grief. Yes. Um, so I think that's really difficult for a lot as well. I've also found in conversation, a lot of people are not decorating this year. And I don't know. I think there's a burnout. Yeah. Yep. I think we're still in that burnout phase where it just feels too overwhelming to pull out all the decorations to go yeah. up the tree. I mean, I've just talked to some of people like, I'm not even putting a tree up this year. Yeah, I was almost like I, I I thought about not putting up my crash this year. Your what? Crash. It's crash. You don't know a crash. You don't know crash. No. 
<laughs> it's like a it's like a nativity scene. Oh, okay. Th- therefore, I'm being ironic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I, makes- every, every year, I threaten to have like a 15 foot high crash. You know. I was going to play baby Jesus one year and (laughs) didn't work out for me. I didn't make the cut. Um, So I grew up in a small town in Indiana, and we had what they called the Holy Walk every year. So one of the families in town, they had this lot of land, and they would do the whole, like, nativity scene with live characters. And one year, I was in high school, and I was was asked to play Virgin Mary. And my my boyfriend was Joseph, Ooh. and one of my girlfriends came, and she stood in the back, and she yelled, "Virgin, my ass!" <laughs> <laughs> That's an unfortunate, uh, unfortunate Mom, choice. Mom, if you're of listening, words, I'm sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, the holiday season, yeah. no, no question about it. And you know, the but other everybody thing seems to... in the studio. Everybody's in. Yeah, I was right. only going to say. Trample me. That's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm used to it by now. I was just going to. I was just going <laughs> to say that, and and the Minnesota Gophers are in a ball game, so it's another reason. Yeah. What is it? Pinstripe again, or what is it? Oh no, it's not even that prestigious. Oh no, no, it's what, it's the it bottom called? of the bottom. <laughs> what was it called? I can't remember. It has some weird name. I don't. I don't even think they it's, bothered to name it. it. They just the, said <laughs> generic bowl game. Quick lane bowl. Quick lane bowl. The quick lane bowl. Yeah. What? Yep. Uh, Never heard of it. I don't know what it is. Quick Lane, I think, is a. Think it's like they sell tires mostly, right? Uh, their logo is a football going through a tire, so that would make sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, they the payout's two million bucks, so you know, I'd, well, I'd do it. It's just me versus the Gophers. You probably and Amy, do you know what the bowl game is? <laughs> Wouldn't be I do. Bowl? Yes, I actually. Um, my husband's family is a long line of referees, so. Dang. Football oh. is big in our huh. home. Detroit? Really? <laughs> yeah, hey, it's, yeah, just Detroit. I mean, it's December 26th, so they get to spend Christmas in Detroit. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> what a thrill that is. But Okay, let's get back to, because Amy, uh, about, I met you, what, about a year and a half ago, something like yeah. that? and mm-hmm. it was. I'll never forget that because it was such, it made everybody feel so good. I felt yeah. great. You did. It was a it was a wonderful moment. We need a lot more of those these yes. days. Yes, we do. Yeah, it has it has been really wonderful. I I did have a bit of a mental breakdown one day. Um, just the you know I I kind of kept saying I can take the stress of these moms you know so that they don't have to have it. And then all of a sudden, physically, I was like waking up with migraines. I was having night sweats because that's how stress manifests in my body. And I realized yeah. like. I am absorbing their emotional labor on top of the emotional labor of just being a mom in the holidays. And it came kind of crashing down. So I took a day to just sort of regroup. um, And then I was ready to go again. And so I will say on the 13th day, I'm going to rest. So we give the cars on the 12th. And on the 13th, I've cleared my calendar and I'm going to rest. But I'm so I'm so proud of um, what I've been able to do for these families and what this community has done. And I think part of, you know, I know what Tom, you said, please don't refer to me as an influencer at one point. And I had uh, that word kind of gives me a little bit of ick at times too. Um, but I think about it in the way that like I have this platform and me showing up as my most authentic self has built this community of people who want to be in my orbit. And I love that. And these people are good people and they're willing to do whatever they can to help. And that's what makes me so proud to be able to say I'm an influencer is I'm using my influence for good and really am making a huge, huge difference this year in these lives. And I'm I'm just really, I'm proud. I cry about every day. Like I went to Target. There were some last minute needs that I thought of for the moms. And so I created a Target list. And I said, if anyone wants to order these, um, have it for pickup at the Maple Grove Target and I'll run in and get it. Within a day and a half, my entire list was checked off. I got there to pick up and all of a sudden I get to my car and I can't, there's not room to put everything in my car. Oh. And I just start crying in the parking lot. And I'm like, this is... <laughs> again, if you, I am very emotionally unstable right Same. now. Same. But I'm just like, what a beautiful moment. Like so much goodness that I couldn't even like fit it in my car. And then um, Brittany um, helped me get on with Lori and Julia. I've been on their show before as well. And after that, I got in my car and I had a DM from a woman right away who said, um, send me a long message. So she was in a similar situation years ago. She was in a very toxic, abusive marriage for 10 years. She was a stay-at-home mom of four kids. And she's like, I, she's like, this made me stop, pull over to the side of the road. I had to reach out to you 
because she's like, I know what this is like. I know how it is to have to navigate the justice system, how to get back into the workforce again, how to figure out how you're going to provide for your kids without depending on your husband. And so she said, what can I do? She said, financially, I have nothing I can really offer, but what can I do? And I thought, you know what? If you could write a letter to each of these moms, if you're willing to like share your story and offer up your number and or an email or whatever so that they have somebody who's gone through it before that they can talk to. Turns out yeah. she has a degree in psychology. And so she's like, yeah, she's like, I've been wanting to do more. And this just like spoke to me. And I, and she's like, I wish she's like, I wish I had someone like you when I was going through this. And that just like made me realize like, oh my gosh, like next year, like, what can I do? Like, you know, more, yeah. more, like who else can I help? But I think even something as simple as that of like offering up a listening ear, if you've been through it before, like that's, that's something that they need. Yeah. Cause you can't always give money. Like right. I, there's people, mm-hmm. there's situations and when yes. you feel, and I think Amy, you have to say like, I, I, I appreciate you reaching out to your resources and I'm lucky to be one of them because yeah. like I, every, this time of year, Tom, you know, this, like my mom struggled yeah. and yeah. it's yep. like, we've talked about, we were talking about it with a, somebody is like, this is a minefield. Like the mm-hmm. holidays are a minefield. And yep. if you, if somebody gives you a chance to do direct good like this, mm-hmm. it just feels so good. So I yes. have to say thank you for yeah. everything you do and like keep reaching out and yeah. keep, keep talking to your mm-hmm. network because like that's what it feels out, out of the holidays. Like this is the time where I go, gosh, you know, I did a, I did a lot of shitty things, but like being able to like help you with your yeah. cause is mm-hmm. actually one nice thing I've yes. done this year. And it's been amazing. It's amazing to just give the platform and the space. I mean, I have people again who, yeah, financially, I understand that everyone can contribute. There's been so many other ways. Um, some people are like, I'm going to go advocate on your behalf. So they're reaching out to their network, to different mom groups, to different um, businesses that they worked with to help kind of get donations. Um, some of my neighbor friends just offered to help wrap the gifts. And so I was dropping off the gifts oh. for them to wrap. So there's just a lot of um, amazing ways that people have come together right now. And it does, like you said, it's like, at the end of the year, this is just something. It's heavy and it's sad, but it's also joyful at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. Hence why I, my emotions are like. Well, I mean, look, I love the fact that you burst into tears because it reminded me of a woman on a date with Gelfan. <laughs> <laughs> Who also needs our help. Yes. <laughs> and once they started crying, that was two of us. <laughs> <laughs> He had to do it. He had to throw it in there. Now, it's a, I, I hope that everybody pays attention and realizes the great benefit for you. Let's, let's say, you know, you only cared about your own feelings and you did this for just because it made you feel better. Mm-hmm. It will make you feel better. Yeah. There's no question. It's yeah. wonderful to help other people, yeah. particularly people who really need the help. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, and we were lucky, Tom, too. Like, after she was on, we had so many listeners reach out and mm-hmm. figuring out how they want to help and whatever. And, like, yeah. I just love to be a part of a community that, yeah. like, yeah, we joke around and disar- you know, argue about how who loves Taylor Swift more. But, like, at the end of the day, when listeners, like, what really matters, we show up. And, like, yeah. our listeners show up. And, uh, you know, I think that that's something to be said that, like, I'm very proud to mm-hmm. be a part of yeah. this community that we've made. Did you know you have an unofficial... Um, Tom Bernard Facebook page. There's no. like a fan. There's like the a fan, fan page. page. Yeah, it's yeah. run by so, Joe from Louisville. Yeah, so Joe sent an email to Brittany oh. after it was on last, and then forwarded it to me. And he's like, "Why don't you join the group?" And then you can just post there and blast it. And then from doing that, some people have reached out offering different resources as well. So that's yeah. great. So now I'm I'm also a part of your your fan page. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy's fan page. Yeah. I, I haven't been on social media in like 10, 11 years. It's been a long time. Yeah, Joe's awesome like of, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, I have, a, I have a Mike Gelfin enmity page. Enmity. Wow. There, I, Is that I an like invite that. to join? Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I urge you not to, but... I can't stop people. I understand. I, I just hope people do understand that this is necessary. There are people, and I know they think, oh, we live in America. Everybody does great. No, they do not. Mm-mm. Not everybody does well just because this is America. Yeah. Correct? There's um, some other Facebook group pages that I've joined that are like low-income moms that kind of a community together. Mm-hmm. Man, I uh, 
every day there's one there was one yesterday where this woman just got out of a situation had to move into um, a new place she has two young kids she's like I have no beds I have no blankets I have no pots and pans I have no food I can't I don't have a vehicle to get to pick up my food stamps like can anybody do anything and it's it's it just rips you apart to read that and think about that visually and then um the also like beautiful thing is the other moms that are in very similar situations are the ones that are coming to help her like they don't even have anything to give themselves but they're all helping each other and it's just like it's again it's that it's like sad but there's like beauty in that of how they're all like finding their community but they're just i could go just down a rabbit hole of how many people really do need help and of course the moms being a mom myself it just like tugs at my heart do do people are people as giving or receptive to giving as they should be now in other words, are people kind of holding back because it is a very emotional time, you know, a lot of anger out there, but it is the holidays. So they got, they're going, oh, my God, I, should I be happy? Should I be mad? Uh, is, there a, is there a problem for some people kind of figuring out which way to go these days? Probably. I mean, I'm not yeah. a trained psychologist, so um, it's hard to say. But, yes, I mean, I think I even, ex- I even experienced that, right? It's like – yeah. You yep. you want the joy of the holidays for your children because yeah. it's really magical to see it in their eyes. But there's also just um, the stress of all of it of like, you know, we're hosting, we're having family coming into town to stay. Um, and there's like meal planning and, you know, gift buying and how many gifts are too much. And, you know, my 11 year old doesn't want anything. He doesn't want people to spend money on him, which is just like, really? he's, he's just the oldest, sweetest, sweetest soul. And it's like, yep. I, I, while I appreciate that, I'm like, you're 11 and I want you to be 11. And I want you to know that like people want to buy you things. And, and I always have to tell him he's very hyper aware of money, which again, I think will serve him very well in the long run. He gets that from his father, not from me. <laughs> um, <laughs> But also there are times where I'm like, honey, like you have to understand if mom and dad couldn't do it, we wouldn't. Yeah. Like we aren't people that are going to put ourselves in a financial situation that is going to be detrimental to the family. So like just be 11 and, and trust us that it's our job to worry about the finances and not your job. But you know, it's tricky. It's tricky because you're managing your kids' emotions on top of it. Right. And like there was one year, I remember we went way overboard on gifts and, um, it got to the point by the end was the biggest like unveiling was we were taking them on a Disney cruise. And by the time they got there, they had no reaction because they were overstimulated. Yeah. And that was disappointing for me because I wanted like tears and like screams yeah. and they were just kind of like, so I really learned to scale way, way, way back. Why do you think you were so attracted? Cause I was just asked this as a matter of fact, I think from the last time you were on, like Tom, why are you well, you get so in, involved with helping people out during the holiday and blah blah blah? Because even though my mother had zero money, I mean, it was not just zero; it was minus. Mm-hmm. She, I don't know how the hell she did it, but we all got a got a gift at Christmas time, and it was always a really nice gift and all the rest of it. So imagine, I all I can do is picture in my head if my mother was dirt poor, mm-hmm. and I don't know what she had to go through to get these gifts for us. But think about that. You're sitting down and you do realize I have no money to get Mm -hmm. gifts from my children. Mm -hmm. Imagine what that feels like. Oh, I just, Tom, I think about that all the time. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Because of my mom. See, I'm the youngest, you know, and my sister is the oldest. And we always talk about our childhood so differently because my mom kept the magic. My sister was more aware of everything. She's like, oh, we Mm -hmm. were broke. And I was like, what do you mean? When I got that giant Simba stuffed animal? (laughs) She's like, you don't even know what mom would run around. She would cry in her bed. And like, I had no idea. My mom kept me in a bubble. Like it's Mm -hmm. 90% of my personality is because my mom let me be a kid for so long. Don't blame that on your mother. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Beverly. But like, you know, I just go, how did she do that? Like she, she, there was something magical about that to have three kids living alone in Stillwater with a mortgage and substitute teaching while bartending because you're trying to get into the work in a school system. It's like blows my mind what Mm -hmm. my mom would do Mm -hmm. and, 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 and shelter us from and, and keep that magic alive. I just, I just yeah. think my mom, I, I think about her traveling from North Dakota to Stillwater and like how terrifying that must have mm-hmm. been. Like I'm, 
I'm scared to like, like switch houses with Justin and go, go. Like mm-hmm. I just, I just blows <laughs> my mind for us to be reckoned with no. for sure. So there was strong. one, um, one of the moms. So uh, the collectively there's 12 moms, um, we're kind of divided up by dealership and by car. And one of the other influencers through a different dealership had posted her story. She kind of reached out and said, help me. Like, you know, what tips can you share? You're, you're getting amazing donations. And I said, you really have to connect people to the story of these, of these women. Like what, who are they? What are, what do they need? What are they struggling with? And she did. And oh my goodness, her mom is, has been on and off homeless. And she said, she'll put her kids in the car and they'll go on an adventure. And she said, her kids think that they're living this like life of travel. And yet they have no idea it's because they don't have a home at that time. And so her wish is to be able to take them on an actual vacation. Oh God. And so it's that, it's that like you're, you do, you keep that from your kids because you want to protect them as much as you can. So I had enough, um, from what I had raised that I sent her over $800 to use towards her moms. Because again, it's like they all need something. And at this point I'm really, I want, I just want to help them all as best I can. But yeah, you think about that. I mean, I, I feel like pit in my stomach, unable to sleep, unable to eat is how it would feel. Yeah. If I was in those situations. and you have and paralyzed. Yeah. Sometimes when I get so overwhelmed, I become paralyzed. Like I am like fight, flight, or freeze. I'm a freeze mentality. Yeah. I just think I, I don't know. Anytime I think about the time, and you know this, anytime you probably think of your mom in that situation, you go, how did she mm-hmm. do it? It's amazing. Well, I'll give you an example. Hey, kids, it's going to be a great Christmas. We're taking the bus to Como Park. Oh, boy. I know. We get to wave at anyone we want. <laughs> it's like a parade. Right. Just for but you. I didn't know. I thought I thought that was a very special thing and a very cool thing. So yeah. I didn't know, right? Yeah. yeah. I hope as a little kid you don't know what your parents are supposed yeah. to do if they don't have any money at Christmas time. You probably mm-hmm. shouldn't know that. Yeah. But no, I, I don't have any bad memories of Christmas at all. My mother did a magnificent, busted her ass to do it, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. But kind of exactly what you guys are talking about. Mothers can step up. I do know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I've, I yeah. yeah. I don't know. I feel like the multitasking and the, and the, and again, it's like one thing if you're a stressed person and you're walking around stressed and showing it, but to not only be that stressed and then to turn yeah. it off and be like, Hey, let's go, let's go to Como yeah. Zoo. Let's take the bus. Mm-hmm. You know, in your mind, you're like, I, this is all I can do for my kids right now. Yeah. And to not be able to like, to continue to move forward with that happy face, but it not, it's like always in the back of your mind, yeah. right? Like you can't, you can't forget it and let it go yourself, but you do have to put on your happy face. Although my 11 year old, like I said, I can't, nothing can go past him. And he's been mm-hmm. very in tune with what's been going on with the 12 moms. And he gets super excited with me. We hug and we cry together when, you know, a big check comes in. Um, but I, but I'm also trying to be like, these are happy tears and these, and trying yeah. to protect him a little bit because he absorbs my emotions. True. And so there's like these layers to it where it's like, I don't want him to be, I want him to see the good that I'm doing yeah, and the impact and the community that's coming together, but I don't want him to absorb like the stress of it all as well. Yeah. And by the way, Galfan, you're not hiding anything. I can hear you thinking, thank God I'm not Goyasha. <laughs> hey, I, you know, I was just thinking back to all, <laughs> the, hey. I was just thinking back all, to all the, the great Hanukkahs and Christmas we experienced as kids. Wait a minute. There weren't any. I'm no, sorry. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I actually think about is I, I feel really I feel really badly for um, people who – there are so many people out there who simply can't enjoy any of this stuff. You know, yeah. the the, yeah. Uh, the halfway houses are filled to the brim. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the mental illness is, is you know, it's, it's a huge thing. Uh, and, I, of course, Tom, you know what it's like, and I know what it's like to be a kid and, and you know, live in a house with, with mental illness. Mm-hmm. I was, of course, one of those people who was mentally ill, so I didn't look at it from inside. But, you are absolutely. Yeah, but I, mean, but, I mean, really, there's, there's, there's just so much out there. Yesterday I was, um, I was uh, on the Internet because I'm going to do a story about, um, about my, uh, my, you know, Lundegaard's kid. Uh, Bob Lenegaard, oh, oh, a friend God. of mine forever, and yep. his son was was the one who was, you probably read about it, was stabbed to death in at a bus stop in Edina, and yep. then, so I start looking like I'm trying to figure out where the guy who murdered him, where like where did he live? I want to be able to trace that, and and then I I'm looking at like 
35 different halfway houses, yeah. sober houses, metal wards. Oh, it yeah. goes on and on, and you can see this underbelly there. So, um, you know, I just I, I think it's a time of year, and, and, of course, this goes back to what Amy's saying. It's a time of year to be able to connect with, with people like that, with people who are suffering, and do something, do anything you can to make things mm-hmm. just a little easier for them. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing it's really, and maybe I don't know if I said this last time or not, but the thing that it's really reminded me of too is just the importance of shopping small because these small businesses, the small restaurants, the small shops, they are the ones that are the first to raise their hand and donate goods, Mm. services, gift cards. And they are struggling. Like so many, you know, I'm very well connected to a lot of the boutiques because I'm a fashion stylist and that's what I do. And I've had so many conversations with them about how difficult this holiday season has been black friday sales were way down shop small saturdays were way down september october were really hard and so they are struggling to keep their lights on but yet they're the first to be like what do you need and and giving goods from their store and so it just reminds me i know it's so easy to go on amazon you know get the prime deals delivered to your house in two days or whatever and all the black friday sales but it really is a reminder of how important it is to keep this community alive to shop small whenever we can. It is a wonderful thing that you do. That's why I've always liked you, Amy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so there you go. Thank you again for your hard work because yeah. I know it's very hard work. There's no doubt about that. It is very emotional work. No mm-hmm. doubt about that. You probably don't sleep a whole lot in December, do you? I do not. Nope. I do not. Um, but I do have, I did have an idea. Um, I think next year I'm going to do a Christmas in July. And so I'm going to use the month of July to start to get ahead of it and really campaign for 12 moms then as a kickoff, because I think a lot of people sometimes are in a better financial position in the middle of the year than December when they have all these other expenses. So that's kind of my plan for next year to just spread out the, um, emotional instability (laughs) to two months out of the year instead of one. (laughs) I think it's a great idea. Matter of fact, you should come in studio. We'll get Santa to that. come in oh. in July. That'll be yeah. magnificent. I would love that. I, I, I Will you wear a Santa attitude. suit? Tom, are you going to be Santa? Can you even imagine Santa <laughs> with this voice? Of, hey, kid, oh, my God. Go-Go would lose her mind because she goes, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> I, mean, I think most kids would just be frightened. Yeah, yeah, terrified. Uh, yeah. But like, <laughs> He's got a weird beard and he sounds like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> But Amy, do come back. I would love All the to. love in the world you, for Tom. you and people like you that, that reach out and help people who really, really need help. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Magnificent. Happy holidays. Take a break. Happy holidays, everyone. We will be right back. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back for the wrap up, ladies and gentlemen. I just uh, checked a couple of things people sent me. Uh, December temperatures could hit record setting 50s and 60s in Minnesota this week. Just last week. Uh, over in the Eastern Hemisphere, um, December temperatures could hit record-setting low temperatures. <laughs> so huh. um, I don't know what to tell you. It's very cold there and apparently very warm here. Yeah, I don't know. We might. Uh, I can remember, I think, two snowless Christmases in my life. And this might yeah, be the third, it. maybe. Yeah, we, we had that year. I don't, I don't know when it was. Maybe eight years, nine years ago, when there really was no winter at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. for some reason we just yeah. didn't have a winter. Well, it's, it's El Nino, they yeah. say, and this yeah. year apparently it's also El Nino. Yeah, and La Nina is the opposite, right? It's like super cold, or is that made up? Oh yeah, I think you're right. But then there's also the polar vortex, and there's that, and uh, then there's uh, a house where you have to walk around and with three pairs of socks on. So. Pity me is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's all that matters. Oh, man, no I, I, could, I could store ice cubes on the floor of my house. Really? Your house that cold, huh? Well, it's like it's like it's like 74. You know, if if my my like my head is enjoying the 50, the 72 year old temperature. Yeah. yeah. But my, my feet there is like 55. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know really what that's to do true. there. You know, the bad air circulation causes that. It's uh well yeah I guess it's uh, it's just it's just that there's no there's basically you know there's no insulation there at all. Yeah, we have a room that's like that where the floor is freezing cold. Yeah. Because it's it's uh basically like an annex to the house, mm-hmm. so underneath it there's no insulation. So in the yeah. winter it's like yeah. frigid. I don't think there's any insulation in the walls. I think if you if you chip through the walls you'd probably find like some 
Oh, maybe like a, a 1910 version of the Hong Kong Daily Express. Hmm. Oh, we had, when we remodeled our basement in St. Paul, I remember we opened up the wall and there was just like a bunch of garbage in there. Yeah, yeah. They were just like, we don't have anywhere to put this, so we're just going to stick it in the wall and seal it up and no one will ever oh, yeah. know. Well, the house I grew up in in, in St. Paul, that was the same thing. If you went up to the attic, you know, and eventually, of course, the, the insulation in the attic, the what little one was, one's little insulation there was would just start to crumble and fall and that's when you could see the the chinese newspapers mm -hmm. yeah that's right it's a very good move uh, another story that appears and i, I uh, several people wanted me to read this saint paul city saint paul council i should say saint paul council vote wipes away medical debt for thousands of residents if i wrote that story i would write St. Paul taxpayers wipe away medical debt well, for thousands yeah. of residents. And that's the thing. Right? Yeah. You're welcome. They can, well, they the taxpayers are all, they're all in, you know, I mean, many people file for medical, for bankruptcy every year just because they can't pay their, their doctor's bills. And that doesn't no, happen in any other country. I understand what you're saying, but they still should give the credit where credit is due. It's not the St. Paul Council. Mm. They voted. But it's the taxpayers in St. Paul that are picking up the tab. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong right. with no, that, but at least give them credit for it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still can never get over the fact, and I know I brought this up several times, probably never on this show, but I still love the fact that starting at 11 years old, I had my first job and I started paying taxes at 12. Mm. Right? Yeah. Uh, so I've been paying, paying taxes for many, many decades. I hate it that they take your money for social security and they hold on to it for 60 years and then when they pay it back to you they still take taxes out of it mm -hmm. it doesn't How make much sense does it? it makes zero that makes sense no sense you get my money for 60 years and then when you start giving it back well in most cases it's probably about 45 years i would guess yeah look at jude now he, he's even taking a po more powerful position looking out the window it's like, oh. <laughs> it's like, i know she's here somewhere she's, oh she's yeah. four minutes late oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i don't you kept my money for 45 years let's say and then when you give it back to me you take taxes out of it what yeah how did we ever agree to that as people and you know the rebates that we're getting in minnesota they're taxed yeah. yes mm -hmm. it doesn't make I, any I just, sense once again could you give credit to the people who are actually paying the bill? It's not the St. Paul Council paying for it. It's yeah. the people of St. Paul. Yeah. It's one of those things like how in order to send in your um, tax forms, yeah. you have to put a stamp on there. And you buy the stamp from the government. They could just <laughs> send you a pre-stamped envelope, but instead you have to go no. buy the stamps. It's just one of those little inefficiencies that there's a thousand of, and they all really do add up. You know, one thing I've noticed that that I've noticed the, the the Democrats and Republicans are coming together in one area and they're doing it exactly like one another. So I'm glad to see they're at least agreeing on one thing, that everything you decide is a scam to get more people to vote for you. They well, are I mean, both doing that. It's disgusting. That's literally their jobs is to trick people into voting for them. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, you can't blame them. What? It's the system. I guess, but I mean, I hope people do realize they're not being nice to people. They're just trying to get you to vote for them. That's all it, and it's both parties. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're putting no uh, putting a six lost episodes together for the Christmas uh, week that we're off, plus the first. Oh, you are. And I considered putting the Betsy Hodges episode on there, just so I could be like, hmm, let's see what she said versus what she did. But I decided that would be a little divisive. <laughs> God, I haven't talked to her in a long time. Well, I, I did make that statement the other day. Uh, several, several politicians became, you know, friends over the years. Betsy used to stop in all the time, all the rest she of it. She was on the show there a bunch of times. Yeah, there were Democrats, there were Republicans, the whole deal. I have not heard one word from any of them in about five, six, seven to ten years. No, as soon as she got elected, we never heard from her again. No, never. Not, oh, none yeah. of them. Not one of them. They're very busy, Tom. Mm -hmm. Constituent well, service and all those things they do for us. Oh, yes, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, Let's take a guess at the number of uh, politicians that are getting on this show. And yeah. let me show you the number. <laughs> That's the, well, the whole thing is, you know, once they get elected, their job is to get reelected. Yep, exactly. Mm. Yeah, that's right. No, you're absolutely right. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But any big plans? Now, Mike, uh, Hanukkah starts tonight when the sun goes down. What are you going to do? 
uh, I'm going to um, not light any candles, although uh, if I had kids around, I would do it, you know. Uh, sure. My, my cat would probably just burn the house down. We don't need probably. That. Yeah. You mentioned that earlier. It would just be out of spite, I might add. <laughs> this is a cat who hates <laughs> everybody except me. <laughs> you guys are perfect for each other. No, that, that, right, exactly, yeah. The most antisocial cat I've ever seen. I mean, I look at this cat sometimes, and I just mumble, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to take a break here, but that's going to wrap it up. Brittany, get off your ass. We'll see you tomorrow. We have two pieces of feedback for Tevin quickly. Mm -hmm. Officer Dave says to keep him out of your personal hell. (laughs) Stay out of his mouth. And D Hart says, Stay out of his mouth. He says, You know, I'm over for you, baby. So, two very different responses. They're busy talking over you, Andy. (laughs) They apparently can't hear that you're reading something. Which we're going to talk I, about again after this show. All that matters is that Tevin heard I it. I heard it, yeah. <laughs> all that matters is that Tevin heard it. Yes, no. All right, that's going to do it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll be right back with the show right after this.